0: Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca.
1: We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex.
0: Service for all brands of print equipment in your office?
1: Yeah, Digitex does that.
0: D-I-G-I-T-E-X.ca on Oilers Radio, 630 check. Well, last week, this guest uh, hung out the Gone Fishing sign. Uh, welcome back, everybody. It's 1233 at Edmonton. Bob Stauffer with you. Uh, we're joined once a week by Louis DeBrusque from NHL Hockey and Rogers. And we're going to head off to River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline at this time. Oh, uh, Louis, this, it's coming up a different color over here. How you doing, Louis? Brendan? Uh, what's going on here? What happened there? Wait a sec. Let's go like that. Let's try it again. There we go. I think I got Louie now. Louis, how you doing?
1: I'm doing good, Bob. How are you doing today?
0: Good. I just hit one of the wrong buttons and you weren't on the I air. could he-
1: I could hear you fumbling with those buttons,
0: but hey, Well, you know, I got those big hands, right? So Hey. It's all good. How'd you even do that? I don't even know what blue means. You don't even know what blue means? Like the screen usually goes gray or green. I don't even know where blue came from. Well, I'm not quite sure what happened, but I got it fixed, so that's all that mattered. Louis, how was the fishing trip last week?
1: It was great. Where'd you yeah, go I to? Order went to prince rupert jake and i went out there for a few days and uh we caught nine different species of fish so it was pretty wicked that way all, all new fish to us we'd never caught them before and uh it was awesome you know it was beautiful weather we didn't get uh, rained on too often we had some nice days and it was a wicked place
0: now did you go did you fly up there or did you guys make the drive down highway 16 to get there
1: no, we, we drove. We flew, sorry. Yeah. You, we flew you flew? To Vancouver, Vancouver into Prince Rupert. Okay. There's a direct flight Air Canada from Vancouver into Prince Rupert.
0: So okay. That.
1: You can also fly into Terrace as well. There's multiple ways to get there. Yeah. But uh, you can also take the train if you want to do it that way. We actually jumped on the train for a ride into Terrace, and it goes all the way to Prince George. So if you want to drive to Prince George, jump on a train. That's
0: one way of doing it too. Yeah, so. uh, you can text us at 630-630. For those of you that maybe worked in BC or from uh, North uh, Northern BC, uh, tell me—I'm not quite sure how far Prince Rupert is from Prince George. I know that I've worked all the—you know—down that highway from you know Prince George all the way into Smithers, uh, Burns Lake, and places like that. But I've, the furthest uh, west I ever went was Hazelton. Where I was in Hazelton, Louis, in nineteen ninety, you know Dan Baker, yeah, from Pub
1: nineteen oh five, he was with me that year. Right on, yeah. You know what? I think it's. I was told it was twelve hours by train, so I think that if you were to drive it, I want to say it's probably around seven eight hundred kilometers. So from Prince
0: George now. to Prince Rupert is eight hundred kilometers.
1: Yep, I think I want to say it's between six and eight hundred. I would guess.
0: Yeah. You know, we watched uh, the Oilers win Game Six of the playoff series against the Chicago Blackhawks in 1990 at a bar in Hazleton, BC. It was a biker bar, and then all these tree planters came in. It was pretty funny. So,
1: uh, and they you know were what pretty pretty amazing part of the world. <laughs> when, you, when you get out there, it's, uh, oh, yeah. it's just really incredible. It's you know you're surrounded by by water, by trees. The the wildlife you see there is incredible. It's it's a pretty unique place. It's a whole life of its own and. I'm glad we got to experience it for a while. I'll be back. I think it's just a wicked place that, uh, you know, I just enjoy that kind of stuff.
0: Now you're a sport hunter and you don't use a gun and you're up in a stand and stuff. Do you like? Do you like? You know, with your arrow, do you like doing that more? or Do you like fishing
1: more? <laughs> hey, hey, Jake just came in the. Jake just came in the office and gave me the two and o saying that he beat me fishing two days in a row. Well, um, he's bra- he's bragging that he caught the biggest fish each day. I think I got him in numbers though, but he got me with the bigger one.
0: Well, you've got him in, uh, or he's got you now in career playoff goals too, doesn't he?
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he kind of destroyed that pretty easy. Um, yeah, didn't take him too long to do By that. By the way,
0: I didn't mention this, Brendan. You didn't uh, you didn't uh, probably see this because I'm not sure it's out there yet. But uh, Mark McNeil on Twitter this morning, who played, I, I think he, I'm not sure if he played with Jake or not. I think he might have missed him. He's a couple years older than Jake. He signed today. Uh, he, he, too, liked Jake out of the Southside Athletic Club. And Mark McNeil signed with the Boston Bruins organization today to play, uh, likely to be their first line yeah. center of their farm team.
1: Jake knows Mark, though. He, uh, he he played a little ball hockey with him in the summertime over the years, yep. uh, skated with him a bit, uh, but never did play with him or against him in junior. He was gone by that time. But uh, we all know how, how great of a junior career he had, so hopefully you can – you know, it's a fresh opportunity for him stepping into an organization that, uh, you know what, you have seen a lot of young guys get opportunities there over the last year, year and a half, so it's a good opportunity for him. And you and I have always liked him as a player, big right-handed shot. You know, he shoots the puck really yep. well. Yeah. Um, We'll see what happens with him there. Well, I mean, do you ever recall,
0: and you know, I'll put you on the spot here, during your NHL career, maybe uh, playing with a guy that was highly regarded, and he kind of bounced around a couple organizations, and then he finally gained some traction in his mid-20s? Do you recall that happening with any You know, any of the guys you played with that were sort of maybe late bloomers, or it all came together for him when some other people had given up on him?
1: Jeez, you know... Um Shawnee Van Allen comes to mind. You know, he, he puts it put some years in here with Edmonton, never really got the, the sniff maybe deserved, right? the chance, and then he went on to have a great career. Um, we saw a lot of guys like that come out of Edmonton because they were young. You know, they were young, they hadn't really established themselves yet, and then when they got their opportunities in other places, they went on to have great careers. Kirk Maltby, you know, came up and was playing well, but he really, you know, really carved out a, a reputation, a career for himself in the Detroit, winning Stanley Cups, um, Dan Cleary. Th- what about Dan, Dan Cleary? Yeah, There's Dan an Curry's example. Chicago I mean, like and Edmonton. Right? That guy could score 50 goals in his sleep. You know, he was just a sniper, right? But uh, oh, you Dan Cleary. Sorry, I thought yeah. Um, he he was uh, a player that again later on in Detroit got his uh, got his opportunity, right?
0: Yeah, he reinvented himself. Hey, Louis, uh we're going to talk about a couple different players, and because I do think they're different. Neil Yakupov yesterday signed over in Russia for SKA on a two-year deal. He's out of the NHL. Uh, went through three NHL organizations. You know my rules, 75% of the player, 25% on the, uh, you know, maybe on some surrounding factors. Uh, what's your perspective on why Yakupov didn't hit in the NHL?
1: You know what? I, <clears throat> here's the thing. I don't think he changed as a player. You know, if I had to put my finger right on the pulse of it, I would say that he, he continued to be the exact same player that he always was. And, and, you know, I know he tried to do different things, tried to play a more complete game, tried to, you know, get to the inside a little bit more, but it just never really worked out for him. So he, he continued to be the exact same player that he always was, and it was kind of one-dimensional. And, you know, if that one dimension isn't working, then you're really, you're a liability. You're, you're not a, the type of player the teams are going to want. So, you know what, to a fault, he believed in his, in his skills and what he could bring to the table, but it just never really seemed to come full circle for him in the NHL. It just didn't work. And, you know, that happens with a lot of players. We've seen great players at a junior, great players in the American Hockey League. They come into the National Hockey League, and it's a whole different animal. And they just don't adjust very well. And I, and I think that's probably what happened to Nail. I think he worked hard. I think I liked Nail. You know, when I talked to him when he was with the Avalanche, and he was off to a good start there, and there were some things that happened there, were circumstances getting traded. Um, you know, him and Duchesne had a pretty good little thing going there for a little while on the line. Um, Kerfoot and him had some chemistry. But then all of a sudden, there was different bodies that went in there and took over those spots. And, you know, unless he was playing in that type of a role, it was very difficult for him to produce. Now, in saying that, he was still playing in the NHL, which is the best league in the world, and he did okay. But, you know, obviously didn't meet the expectations that everybody had for him being first overall. And now he's back in the KHL, which, you know, I'm sure he'll go over there and... We saw he had a little stint there a few years ago and, and did very well over there. So I, he'll be comfortable there, he'll play there, and he'll, he'll, I'm sure he'll do well, but it just didn't pan out for him in the NHL.
0: From NHL Hockey and Rodgers, Louis Russ, Bob Stauffer with Unilater's now, 1241 in Edmonton. Uh, yes, Sapoli yarvi different player than Nail Yakupov, isn't he?
1: But you know what? At the same time, you don't want to fall into that same category, right? And for Yessie, for, for I think we already have seen some changes in his game. Um, so, and, I, and I believe you're going to see more. I think he's going to come in really hungry this year. And there were spurts. You know, we saw spurts with Yessie where he can be a real dominant guy and use his size effectively and get his feet moving. And that's the key with him. You know, he, for me, when he's moving his feet and using that size with motion, he's so hard to defend. He's got a great shot, and I think he he has high expectations for himself. Uh, it'll be this will be a real big training camp and big start of the season for Jesse ploy Yeah, I agree and with we'll you. See, we'll see what he comes into, but here let's let's face it—he's still a very young player, and I and I you know I think that we often do expect a whole lot from young players, maybe too quick, and sometimes players just don't adjust. You know, it takes a little bit of time. So I. I think the league nowadays, it, it seems to pass guys by really quickly. So if, you, if you're not on your game and you don't find that role, then they'll find other players that can fill that role. But he's going to get an opportunity. I think he learned a lot over the last couple of years being up and down, uh, not necessarily maybe having the success that he wanted, having to, to work and play for the times that he got from Todd McCollum. And I don't think Todd's going to change in that regard. He's going to make him work for those minutes, and he should have to work for those minutes. But if he does come in here and do that, you know what happens when you get, excuse me when you get on a roll, you can take off. So um, it'll be really interesting. I'm kind of expecting bigger things from Yasi this year, and I, and I believe he is for himself too. It'll it'll, it'll be neat to see how he comes in and, and grabs those reins if he does.
0: Well, he's still only 20, so he's still you know a young guy. Uh, it's interesting because he did you know there, there there's a sentiment out there amongst some. Who said? Well, he should be on every first unit power play, and he should be on Connor McDavid's right wing, and that's just the way it should be. They, you know, they have to put him in a position to succeed,
1: and, and, and he s- might get that opportunity. He at, might get that opportunity. Some,
0: he could even get it in the preseason, right? But yeah. there's also like there were a couple times, in you know this where you know he was on the power play and on zone entries he ended up in the wrong spot on the first unit power play and clattered into yep. McDavid as Connor yep. was bringing the puck into the zone and know you've spoken in the past about and I'm not saying this occurred with McDavid but you've spoken in the past you were you had a pretty defined role and so when you played with Daniel Breer, you kind of got out of his way didn't you didn't you and just let you know
1: what absolutely. I'm saying absolutely I tried to do what I could do to try and help him as much as possible, but let's face it, I wasn't going to be the guy that was toe-dragging and throwing sauce passes over to Danny Breer in the offensive zone. Or I wasn't the guy that was going to be setting up like Ovechkin and cranking one-timers. It wasn't my job to do that. It wasn't my role, I, and I couldn't. I didn't have that shot. But, you know, for, here's the thing. For, for Yesy, my belief is less is more. I'm I really you. do. I, I think, you. you know what, simplify your game, do what you do well, work hard. And, and here's the thing. We, we always say that, well, you know what, work hard. I mean, truly work hard, not just the odd shift here and there. I mean, every single time you touch the ice, trying to be the hardest working guy on your respective line. And I promise you that will go so far. That will go so far for him because he has the frame. He has the shot. He loves to score goals. He loves to put up points. But if the work ethic is there for him, and I mean, he absolutely buys into that, that fact. Um, he'll be fine. He'll be totally fine because he's, like you said, he's twenty years old and he's going to grow. And he's already got some games under his belt. It's amazing the difference in players. And I'll bring another player on the Oilers into it. Leon Draisaitl, from the first year to the second year, did you see that much of an improvement coming over the course of an off season? I didn't. You know what? Well, when I you saw know, my Louie, show,
0: you're talking to somebody that liked Leon quite a bit.
1: Oh, so, and I like Leon a lot too. Yeah. but he he dramatically changed in a year. He got stronger, and it was the confidence. And he came in and he just just ripped it up you know he he found his stride and you know what good on him that's that's what young players do they come in and they find their confidence and the next thing you know they start to do things at this level that they did at other levels we all saw what he did when he was younger how much he dominated the game there was a trio of him aho and line those guys were so dominant for finland now he needs to learn how to do that at the NHL. Learn more at marines.com. And can he do that? Absolutely. He surely can. It doesn't always work out that way, but that's the goal he has to have. That's the way he has to think is come in here one step at a time, get to that point where you now become that, that dominating guy at the national hockey league level. It, It may never happen, but he certainly can get better and he can certainly become a really solid player in the NHL. How, how high the ceiling is, who knows? I mean, that's why you come in every year and try and, be better than the next year.
0: Louis. you were with the Oilers in the mid-1990s. Ryan Smith, in 1995-96, scored two goals in 48 games. Yeah. If somebody had told you in ninety six, ninety seven 97 that Ryan Smith would score 39 goals, and 20 of them were on the power play. He had a stretch that year, Louie, where he scored 10 straight goals in the power play. Yep. nobody you know would doing? have believed nobody would have believed you in the summer of nineteen ninety six that Ryan Smith was going to score thirty nine goals the next year
1: but I'll tell you the one thing that Ryan Smith always had was the work ethic there you go there was no question i mean it was we had to rip him off the ice. it was ridiculous we had to literally go out and physically tell him to get off the ice because he was going to miss a bus or make everybody late like let's go let's go um and that to me was you know it was just it was It was in him from the start. You never had to tell him to do that, teach him to do that. He was incredible then. He was like that to the day he retired, and he's still like that. You go out for the, you know, we go out for the alumni skates, and Smitty just loves being on the ice. Well, you got to love the game, right? That's the thing. So, And listen, I know not, not everybody has that reputation or likes to be on the ice that much, but all I'm saying is when you come to work, come to work. And I think, you know, Paul Yarby has a work ethic. I think it can get a little better. It can get more polished. and It can be a little bit of, when I say polished, I mean just work smarter. And it will help him. That's what I mean by do less. And I don't mean that by just really simplify your game, work on the things that you're strong at, um, and, and just, you know, do what you can do. But don't try and do too much. Because when you start to do try and do too much, and we saw that a few times where I think he grabbed the puck and he'd come over and he'd try and beat that one more guy or – you know, he wanted to hold onto the puck a little bit too long. And at this level right now, he's just not there yet. So simplify, make the right plays when you can, be aggressive. And then as you get more confident, you'll start to do a little bit more. And I think that's the way it's going to go for him. I do believe he's going to come in, though, just stronger. He's going to know what, what to expect even more now that he's been around for a bit. And I think you're going to see a different player. I really do.
0: Louis, let me ask you this. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers bring back Kyle Brodziak, and they signed Tobias Reeder. And, for, and the Brodziak move, you know, and, and I'll be honest, so I got tipped off by one of the guys that uh, texts the show and, and and follows me on Twitter, and he told me on Wednesday, and I was like, oh, okay, because well, I figured Brodziak was going back to St. Louis, but he came back to Edmonton on a two-year deal, very fair price for a fourth-line center. He improved in the face-off circle. Uh, I, I think a good five-on-five player, but the reader signing to me is really intriguing because I think that he could be moved around. Like It's going to be a design role for Brodziak, Conversely, reader, I think it's an open canvas for him at uh, this point. Just your thoughts on those two signings.
1: Well, you know, Kyle Broadstock's one of those players. It's funny you should mention. We talked about it earlier about a player that went on to have success somewhere else. You know, we you know, I got to cover him when he was at Evanston along with you. Yeah. for a couple of years where he was up and down and finding his way and then you know, he came in, he started to play and he actually had a couple of real solid years. But then he went away and I think he just kind of for me, he just became a better player. Maybe not point-wise, you know what, everyone was. I, I just think more as a, as a veteran kind of leader. He just became a real stable guy, a reliable guy that coaches uh, felt very comfortable putting out in any situation. That, to me, is like the biggest compliment from a coach. When you're out there in the last minute, when you're taking an important face-off, um, to me, that's a coach saying he totally trusts what you're going to do on the ice. And listen, he scored 20 goals before his career. I know that. And he's gonna he's gonna give you that potentially ten to fifteen if he's having a solid year. But what you're really bringing him in for is just a real solid guy to take important faceoffs, to penalty kill, to be a leader in the room, to lead by example. And if he if he provides some offense, awesome. And I think that he can do that a little bit. He's played over eight hundred games. So I mean, he's a guy that's been around for a long time now, and he's coming back to a team that he's comfortable in. Tobias Reader, to me, you know, is one of those. He's twenty five. He's a young guy still. So I mean, he really hasn't really established himself in the league. So this is a great opportunity for him to come in. I thought it was a great opportunity for him in L.A., and I covered the first round against Las Vegas, and I saw him later in the year, as you did, when he came in with L.A. and played the Oilers. I don't think he really grabbed those reins, in my opinion. I don't think he went in there and grabbed the reins with L.A. and did what he could do. But this is another opportunity for him with some offensive players and centermen that can play the game here. As you mentioned, he can be up and down your lineup column but it'll be up to him to come in here and really grab those opportunities and and make good on them but he's going to be given a great opportunity in edmonton and that's why you're seeing him sign here i think this is a spot that he can come back to the team that originally drafted him and you know what at 25 years old it's time for him now to really establish himself he's a hard worker he's fast he's going to add speed to the game which is great in today's game Um, but now he needs to start putting it together and We'll see if he can, but he'll, he'll definitely be given the chance. And he's—he's he's a great kid. He's a really nice kid. I think he's going to fit in well in the dressing room. And he's—you know—he's going to come in here with a real kind of bright-eyed and, and, and a new kind of energy to a new team. But uh, it's up to him to kind of grab those reins and do with it.
0: Louie, we're going to—this is your final hit for uh, in this uh, in this season. Uh, but I, I want to have a little bit of fun with you at the end. Uh, we talked about you going fishing to start during your playing days, other than the year that you started dating Cindy, uh, what was the the, the funnest off-season you ever had? Was there a place you went to, or... Uh, was there, when you think back to, and preferably if it's a PG-13 story, like did you go to, because you're a Canadian guy, so you know, you, you do go yeah. you do go hunting, may I add, without guns, uh, yeah. but you know what I mean? Like, you you, uh, you have an appreciation for, for nature and that sort of thing, and a, Canadi- a Canadiana, but was there any place you kind of went to, or with a group of teammates, or you guys did a trip together, or anything like that that you looked back on kind of fondly?
1: Well, you know what, the one... The one place that always stands out, first and foremost, from a vacation type of place, was Hawaii. And only because we went there as a team. Um, You know, it was worked into the playoffs. We went around. We got some tickets to, to fly to Hawaii. And it was, you know, a team gathering. It was fun, right? And at that, there's no better time than when you can relax and have a good time with your teammates when it's not work related. So the wives were all there, the girlfriends were there, and we had just a terrific time. It was just a real laid back, casual time. We golfed, we swam, we fished, we did we did a little bit of everything and it was great. But from my perspective, one of the, my favorite places to go to was, you know, my wife Cindy's mom and Dad's place on Island Lake. And it was I spent so many hours Where is there, that sorry, where is that? So it's about two hours north of Edmonton, just past Athabasca. What's it called? Island Lake. Island and, Lake okay. uh, it was my favorite place to go to it was my favorite place to go hang out unwind from the season i would fish you know 17 hour days i would jump in the boat and her wow. dad and i would take off to wee little lakes and we would we would you know adventure out and try different places to catch fish and that to me was just you know that was the life i i absolutely loved it and uh you know those are the times that i remember and you know, starting to get back into it again. You know, it's kind of funny how it comes full circle. But I'm starting to get back into the fishing bugs hitting me again, and now I'm starting to try and get out there a little bit more often.
0: Hey Lou, you're down two nothing and Jake. You got to go get uh, caught up, brother. And, he,
1: and you know what? And he's not. He's not the big. Jordan was usually the lucky one. My right. daughter. She usually caught the bigger fish. But he did outfish me on this trip. So I guess the bar has been set. I'm going to have to uh, try and remedy that.
0: Hey Louie, uh, would you be up for this next season? Starting again in the fall. Absolutely. Joining Looking us once a week a on the show? All right, great stuff. Have a terrific summer, Louis. Take care, Bob. You too. You bet. That is Louis DeBrusque from NHL Hockey on Rogers. 1254 in Edmonton. Guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse follows sizzle to Alberta's own. Roos Chris Steakhouse, 99.90 Jasper Avenue. Reminder, every Wednesday night is date night at Roos Chris where two can dine for $120. Craig Simpson coming up at one hundred and five. AJ Jakubik out of Ottawa to talk about the Eric Carlson trade rumors at one thirty-five. We'll take a quick timeout. This is Oilers now. Room on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca.
1: This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630
0: Ched. Bob Stoffer with you along with Brandon Ulrich. Hey, Bob, why is it so important this text comes in on our 630 Chad Westlock Ford text line? Why is it so important that you mention that Louis de is hunting without the guns? We all have different perspectives on things. Like, to me, it would be a sport if the animals could shoot back, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Again, you can text us at 630-630. But for those of you that are into that sort of thing, if that's your deal, it's all good. It's all good. I get it. It's all good. We're allowed to have different perspectives on life. If you're looking for a fun destination this year, take the kids to Disneyland. It's the happiest place on earth for the kids. Fabulous, fun, great food, warm weather. Book now with New West Travel. Your Disneyland California package includes non-stop airfare, four-star hotel for seven nights, five-day attractions pass. For reservations to Disneyland, call the travel experts at New West Travel 780-432-7446 or book online at newwesttravel.com Brandon, you'll get this one day. You'll, you'll appreciate this. You'll go, okay, I can go to Disneyland with the, with the kids or I can go to Vegas with just my wife. And you'll want to go to Vegas, but you'll never go to Vegas because you'll end up going to Disneyland. Well, what about going to Vegas with the boys?
1: Now we're talking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's well, where The problem I, is that's I might not I get out about. of there. If that there happens. You go. All right, off to a global news weather traffic update uh, with the one and only, the biggest Brigham Young football fan in the house, Eileen Bell, back with Craig Simpson from NHL Hockey and Rogers.